Hello and welcome back to the podcast. We are now into episode three, which is mental already. Three weeks past. So hopefully you're enjoying the episodes and I've kind of taken into account some of the requests that people have put in through Instagram and Facebook um, about what they want me to discuss on the podcast because obviously I want you to get as much from it as possible. So what I'm going to discuss today is supplements. And I'm going to make this a part one and part two because I don't want it to go on all day. And there is so, so much to supplements that you could talk about. You could go on forever. But I kind of want to keep it simple and I want to just keep it split down the middle. So this is going to be part one about supplements. And I'm just going to kind of go over a few of the most common ones that you might have heard of um, in terms of food supplementation. um, And we'll just go from there. So, uh, yeah, obviously supplement, what is it? It, It's in the name, you know, um, it's something that you add to something else to like complete it or to enhance it or complement it. And supplements, I feel like can often be misused in that people like to think that if they just have this supplement or if they just buy this new supplement that it will fix something when in fact there's so many other things that could be fixed with their diet and lifestyle first so the supplement really isn't going to do much until all those other things are fixed and I think that's where people kind of go wrong when they opt for supplements um So Eric Helms has a nutrition pyramid for muscle and strength and it basically works you up from the bottom of importance, what is important. And calories at the bottom are energy balance and that's the most important thing. So you have to, number one, get those correct. So that basically means for your goal, your calories need to be correct. So you either need to be eating a little bit less to lose weight or you need to be eating a little bit more to gain weight or eating in an energy balance to maintain your weight. So that is number one, what you should be looking at. If you're like, where do I start now? A lot of people say to me, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to get back on track now next week and I'm going to buy this supplement. What do you think? And I'm like, why are you even buying a supplement? Like there's so many things you can fix before you go into that supplement stage that will be beneficial to you where you're at right now. So before you start thinking about what supplement you're going to take, you have to ask yourself, right, do I know if I'm in an energy deficit or um, a positive energy ba- um, positive energy balance? So does that even make sense? Are you in a calorie surplus <laughs> if you're trying to gain weight? Like if you don't know that, then there's no point in you taking supplements. You need to figure that out first. So are you in a calorie deficit or are you in a calorie surplus? Um, and is that correct for your goal? fix that first. Then you can look at your macronutrients. So then you could be like, okay, right, need to figure out this protein, carbs, fat thing. And if it is just fat loss is your goal, all you need to focus on is protein really. Once you hit your calories or you're in say within 50 calories either side and you reach your protein goal, don't worry about carbs and fat. Choose which you prefer, which you work best on. That's it. Don't complicate it. Then you want to look at your micronutrients. And your micronutrients are all your fruit and vegetables, all your vitamins and minerals. So that's where you want to get them right. That's when you want to make sure that you're eating plenty of fruit and vegetables within your day and you're not just eating bland colored foods. Your food should be be full of color. That's going to represent the um, micronutrients in it. 
and no, don't be smart and say if you have M&Ms or Smarties or Skittles, is that the same thing? No, it's not. (laughs) So the next thing then, once you've got that, you know, your energy balance, your macronutrients, your micronutrients under control, then you can look at nutrient timing. People always say to me, should I be eating before this time? Or should I skip breakfast? Or should I stop eating at six o'clock? Should I do this to do with their meals? Or how many meals they should they have? It doesn't matter. It really, really does not matter. Usually this will only matter with like athletes. So essentially you don't have to worry about this, but only when you're at a stage that you've got your energy balance and your macronutrients and your micronutrients under control, then you might want to start looking at it to see, okay, am I fueling around my training correctly? Am I getting a meal in after I train within a couple of hours to make sure I'm refueling? You know, are you performing to the best of your ability with whatever it is that you do, whether that's a sport or whether it's a gym, it doesn't matter. That is the fourth thing. And then the last thing then is supplements. So if you jump straight to supplements, yet you have no clue how many calories you have on, you don't even know what macronutrients are, you don't like fruit and veg, and you know, you don't really have a specific time schedule with your meals then there's absolutely no point in you taking supplements thinking that this is going to be the thing that fixes you or gets you to your next you know, goal, to reach your goal. That's not how it works. So once you've gone through that whole pyramid, then you can look at supplements and be like, right, I have my sleep nailed. I have my hydration nailed. You know, I can, I'm trying to control my stress. Um, you have that kind of balance within your lifestyle and all those other factors I just mentioned about calories and macros and stuff are also in control. That's when supplements can come in and maybe make a little bit of a difference. But before that, it shouldn't be supplements that you're looking for. So yeah, kind of got sidetracked there. But basically, they're always the last thing that you should be looking for. They're likely only to make a very small difference, if any, Um, but you won't know if they make that difference unless you have everything else under control. And that's just the long and short of it. So um, if you have the basics done and you know that you do sleep well and you hydrate um, well, you know, um, you get, let's say, roughly 30 mils of fluids per kilo. That's kind of a rough guideline for your hydration levels. Um, you know, you eat loads of fruit and veg, you get plenty of fiber in your diet, you hit your protein, um, then yeah, let's look at a couple of supplements that might work for you and they might complement or enhance your diet or lifestyle, let's say. So the probably one of the most common ones is, again, a micronutrient supplement. So that would just be the case of like a multivitamin. And there's a few ways that these are sold. So you can either buy like a broad multivitamin that covers a lot of different uh, micronutrients or you can buy singular ones like on their own so single vitamins on their own and it completely depends it really does depend on what it is that you're looking for it to do Um, and if maybe you are lacking a specific vitamin or mineral that you know of from let's say a blood test you got done with the doctor then yes then you can go and be like right I know that I'm lacking this the doctor told me this is how much I should be having per day. Then you're okay to go and buy that supplement. But before that, you need to kind of have an idea of what it is you're looking for. The multivitamin would usually just be kind of like a safety net or like a like an insurance supplement that you would take. You probably won't know if it's doing anything for you, but you're just kind of using it to cover yourself. So 
you know, to make sure you're getting like a sufficient intake of all the different micronutrients um, that you would normally get through food, but maybe you're not able to get all of them through food or you're lacking one or two here and there. So you also have to bear in mind that some of these can be harmful in like large doses. So that is why I would say you should get a blood test with your doctor um, to make sure that you know exactly a specific nutrient or a micronutrient that you're lacking in and how much you might need. So um, these are these are kind of classed as food supplements, I suppose. So these are things that you, you can get from food, but sometimes they're difficult to get from food. So you can either go for that multivitamin approach and just kind of hope that it's, you know, bringing your diet up and enhancing it um, overall. Or if, if, like I said, you get a test and you know that you're lacking something specific such as vitamin D or vitamin A or whatever it might be, then yes, you'll know exactly what you have to go and get and what the dose should be because the dose can vary as well. And like I said, some of these can be toxic if you have too many um, or too high of a dose of certain ones. Um, there was someone, I can't even remember where I heard this now, um, through a nutritionist anyway for a team and uh, through miscommunication there was an athlete told that they are lacking vitamin D and that they should take a high dose of it so you can get vitamin D in a high dose of like 10,000 international units and they were supposed to take that once per week but through the miscommunication they took it once per day for about a week until they copped on what was going on Luckily, it hadn't reached the toxic level, but that is something that could go seriously wrong. And that's why it's really, really important that you are aware of how much you should be taking of something. And it's really clear the amount that you're told that you should be taking. So people who are just going randomly picking different doses, that can actually be really dangerous. And vitamin D or vitamin A is another one that can be really harmful um, in a high dose as well. So just keep that in mind when you are having single vitamins. Um, Although they can be beneficial, some of them can be toxic at a high level. And vitamin D could be one of those as well. So um, yeah, I would recommend a blood test from your GP. It'll tell you exactly what you're lacking, you know, give you an example of how, what, what you should be asking for when you go to the supplement shop and, you know, knowing what dose that you should be taking because that can be mind-blowing for some people when they go looking for a supplement it might have different um different names or different types of a certain supplement and then the dosage on the back like uh, per serving but then a serving might be two capsules but then you just take one capsule so you're really not getting the right dose so all of that you need to be aware of before you go in something else as well if you are taking individual um vitamins such as vitamin D or like I said, vitamin A as well. So vitamin A, D, E and K, they're classed as fat soluble vitamins. You might remember that from home economics if you did home economics and um, junior cert or leaving cert. And they basically are better absorbed when they are consumed with a fat source. So you might want to keep that in mind as well when you are taking those supplements to make sure that you are getting, you know, optimal absorption from them because that's the most important thing. So that I suppose is just kind of your basic multivitamin and then ways that you can have vitamins on their own as well. But I would always say, and like vitamin D is quite a popular one that you can probably recommend someone to take if they are in a country, let's say like England, Ireland, um, 
in the UK and Ireland where sunlight can be quite, um, how should I put it, lacking <laughs> in the winter months. And we synthesize vitamin D from the sun. So you might not be getting enough vitamin D um, in the winter months and it might be beneficial for you to supplement from that. And usually an average dose would be around 1,000, 1,000 international units um, per day that you could supplement. And that's quite an easy one. But I would always say, try and get tested first to see, are you even lacking it? How much are you lacking by? Do you need to get more than the average person? Or are you getting enough from your diet and let's say sunlight? Um, Vitamin D as well. Probably dairy products would be one of the main ways that we do consume it in the Western world. Um, so if you're someone that doesn't have dairy products, whether you're vegan or you're lactose intolerant or whatever, then maybe you might be lacking in that f- due to that reason. So there's so many different ways that people might be lacking certain things. So I would always say just go get checked first, get a blood test, know exactly what it is that you're lacking and how much you are lacking or what you should be supplementing with each day. So I'm going to move on now from the micronutrients and, you know, your multivitamins and your individual vitamins. I'm going to go on to protein powders. So protein powders are, I I wouldn't even class them as a supplement anymore, but it's one of the most common supplements that people ask about. So there's so many different types of protein powders. um, And especially now with people, like I said, being vegan um, or people that are lactose intolerant as well, looking for different protein powders. So like we need adequate protein intake, especially people who are training in the gym. Um, it has a host of benefits, but like it maintains our muscle mass. You know, people that are looking for that lean effect, you're going to have to be getting enough protein in your diet. Whey protein is the most popular and that's through dairy products, obviously. So through milk. So milk is broken down into whey protein and casein, but whey being the most popular is probably what you would have heard of the most. And then there's other milk-based products. Um, you know, there's egg, there's soy and vegan alternatives as well. Um, so you have so many different types of protein powders you can choose from. So sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming as well. Now, protein powders will have something called a biological biological value or BV. Now this is a really rough estimate of like the quality of a protein powder. So I wouldn't say at all that it's, you know, um, exactly correct. So, um, but it's a good way to kind of roughly gauge what product, uh, protein powder product is high value or has a high biological value. Like what are you getting your, your most bang for buck with? So, um, The biological value or the BV, it basically roughly estimates the quality of a protein powder and that's kind of down to the nitrogen in it, which you don't get in carbohydrates and fats. And it's just down to the nitrogen that is retained from it, which then kind of implies that amino acids are retained as well, which is your essential amino acids is what you're looking for in protein powder. Um, The amino acids that we have to get through food. And then obviously if you can't get enough through food, we get it through a protein powder. So you want to make sure that that you are getting that from your protein powder when you're going to the effort of taking it. Now, there's loads of things that can kind of alter this, but it is a rough estimate. So it's something that you can use to kind of gauge what type of protein powder you should be having. So you have like whey isolate, you have whey concentrate. So that's two different types of whey protein that you would have and you might see if you're going looking for it. Then you have egg protein powder, you have milk protein powder, you have rice protein powder, casein, like I mentioned, you have soy concentrate, then you have pea protein. So 
there's loads of different ones that you can choose from. And like I said, people can be overwhelmed and not have a clue what they should be looking for. So way isolate would probably be the best one. Now that does not make it the one that you should have. It's the best in terms of like the biological value, but it's kind of above and beyond. So you can get the same from it from, let's say a lower quality, but something that is still enough, if that makes sense. So it's usually more expensive to buy a whey isolate, whereas a whey concentrate is still like above average and it's better than perfect in terms of the biological value in that it's like a score over 100, but it's usually cheaper. So that's where you can be like, right, well, I don't need a whey isolate. Maybe a whey concentrate is fine for me. Like the difference in it is negligible. Like you do not need to be like, oh, well, I'm going to get the best one and pay, you know, five, 10 pounds more for it per tub. Like, no, that's just stupid. So whey concentrate is also quite low in um, in lactose. So the same as whey isolate would be very low. Whey concentrate is still low. So people that are kind of find lactose, maybe they're not lactose intolerant, but um, it has an effect on them. You still can try whey protein and just see how it sits with you because usually they are quite low in lactose. So then you have rice and pea protein. These we often combine. And I always say to people, it's better if you can get a mix of these because then that will have the full amino acid spectrum. So they kind of complement each other in terms of their amino acid profiles. Like I said, you have essential amino acids that you have to get through food. And when you're talking about a supplement, then you want to make sure that you're getting all the amino acids. So if you go for a rice protein only, then you're going to be lacking some. Or if you go with a pea protein only, you're going to be lacking some as well. Whereas if you get a combined one of rice and pea protein, um, neither of them have a perfect amino acid profile, but they um, together they make a good one. So then you have egg protein powder or um, this one is good probably obviously for people that have dairy allergies but they don't want the vegan protein powder because vegan protein powder tends to be very very grainy and I get this from a lot of people however um, a little plug now for awesome supplements but Ben Coomer's brand awesome supplements has been known to be one of the better ones in the current kind of supplement world um through clients having it um definitely said the vegan option and awesome supplements is one of the better ones that they have tried so if you're a vegan or if you get vegan protein powder and you're struggling to get one that is nice or blends well then you can try awesome supplements one and see what you think um so yeah usually vegan proteins are like really low quality anyway but and they'll be higher in price but um, it's the taste overall that usually gets people to continue taking away protein or a protein powder, no matter what it is. So you want to make sure that yours blends well and it tastes good. So that's kind of protein powders and how you can choose different ones. I always go for a whey protein powder because I have absolutely no issue with dairy. doesn't bother me um, and I'm not a vegan. So it makes no sense for me to have any other one um, when I can get everything I need from a whey protein powder. And that is only, again, if you can't get enough protein from your food. So I will not, you know, religiously take a whey protein supplement every single day. I won't. It'll depend on what I'm eating. If I thought, oh, I've had breakfast now and it's been really, really low in protein. Let's say, for example, I have um, a bowl of porridge and I make it in water 
if I'm trying to save calories and I will have let's say some nuts and seeds on top now nuts and seeds on top of pro- or on top of porridge is absolutely perfect you're getting loads of nutrients through that but don't count nuts as something that's high in protein as such you're not going to get an, a good enough protein hit from a few nuts sprinkled on top of your porridge so I would say that is lacking a decent source of um, protein in that breakfast so I might have a protein shake you know as a snack or alongside my porridge some people put it inside it as well but I just can't hack that so that's a no from me <laughs> so that is something that I would always be conscious of so like what am I having for breakfast if it's oats I will always put a half a scoop of protein in my overnight oats because I find that fine. But when I'm heating up oats, nah, I can't have protein powder inside it, but I will have a shake on the side. Simple as. Whereas if I was having, let's say, eggs and beans on toast, I know that I'm getting a decent amount of protein from the eggs and the beans. So I'm good. I don't need to add anything to that. So that's just a little example of how you can be thinking when it comes to should I be having a protein shake or not. Someone that has, let's say, 100, 120 grams of protein to get per day through food, you should be able to do that quite easily. When you consider maybe a chicken breast being close to 30 grams, you know, a tin of tuna having 30 plus grams of protein, um, two eggs will be about 14 grams of protein. Um, You add up all your little things, then, you know, your trace elements of protein in other foods, and you're likely to reach. 100, 120 grams, no issue. So really focus on food first, but then if you're really struggling, then of course add in a supplement and now you can kind of think about which which supplement would suit you best when it comes to protein powders. So on to um, another really popular one, BCAAs. And this is something that I've kind of had a, I've had a thing about BCAAs for a couple of years. Since people started taking them, I just don't, I just don't see I'm just not a fan personally and it's not as bad or it's good like I'm just in in the middle I don't really care about them I just don't think you need them your average Joe just doesn't need them um if you're getting enough protein throughout the day you're getting a source of protein in every meal and then if you take a whey protein supplement you do not need BCAAs so what are they anyway so BCAAs are branch chain amino acids so there are three amino acids they're leucine isoleucine and valine or valine I don't even know how you say it Leucine is basically um, the key one when it comes to BCAAs. It's what activates muscle protein synthesis. So to increase your muscle mass, like whether you're a bodybuilder, whether it's just for athletic performance, whether it's just for your health, whether you just want to look lean and toned, you need to build some muscle. And leucine would be the amino acid that helps to get that going, basically. BCAAs or branched chain amino acids, they are three of the amino acids that are in, let's say, we talked about whey protein. So you might have all the amino acids, essential amino acids in whey protein, but we're just talking about three of them now being isolated and in BCAAs as a product of its own. So they can improve performance. They have been shown to improve performance, you know, when you take them pre-workout or, you know, improve recovery when they're taking post-workout. But, big, big but, they are part of a whole protein source. So you take whey protein pre-workout or you take whey protein post-workout and you're going to get the same effect 
from that so long as the obviously the leucine content is um similar to the to that in the BCAAs which is usually around three grams per serving so in my eyes I'm just like well why wouldn't you just take a protein powder like a whey protein in place of the BCAAs as long as the dosage is correct because you're then getting the extra amino acids as well rather than just limiting it to that three but everyone is different. Everyone has different their own opinions. That is just me. I don't think that you need to be spending the money um, on BCAAs on top of whey protein if that's something that you have been doing. Um, so yeah, that is just my <laughs> my take on it. Um, just know that it's three of the main amino acids that you also get from whey protein. Make sure that you're getting around in and around three grams of leucine. You can check that on your whey protein uh, nutrition label as well. More isn't better. So if you're like, oh, I'll have five grams of leucine, that's not better. You In and around three is maximal. Um, so if you consume protein, whether that be through food or through whey protein, you know, at each meal, three, three to five times a day, depending on your preference as well. Usually it's like optimal would be a couple of hours apart. If you're like, let's say you're bodybuilding and you're really looking for optimal muscle protein synthesis throughout the day three to five times a day is ideal and then in a dose of around um, two grams per kilo of body weight would be your overall protein goal for the day so two grams multiplied by your body weight so if I'm 70 kilos multiplied by two is 140 grams protein is what I would aim to get every day okay um I'm going to move on from that now. I just want to keep that short and sweet. Uh, I'm sure people always have loads of questions on BCAs when I think it's really quite simple. I think it's just usually when people aren't aware of what exactly it is that they're confused. Um, yeah, so the last one I'm going to talk about now, because I want to keep this short, like I said, is omega-3 fatty acids. This is another one that I would kind of recommend to clients. Um Omega-3 fatty acids include ALA, DHA, and EPA. You will have heard me rave on about DHA and EPA before. I can't even pronounce the words that they are. So I'm just going to keep it to ALA, DHA, and EPA. Um, DHA and EPA are an oily fish, but they're also very popular in supplement form. So that's why you would have heard me talking about them before. So ALA, you can get through like nuts, seeds, like flaxseed oil, things like that. It is an essential fatty acid. Um, like it can't be made in the body. But EPA and DHA have been seen to get give the most benefits, let's say. The reason why is that ALA is converted into EPA and DHA, so it can be converted, but it's really, really insufficient and it has a low conversion rate, which is not ideal. Um, supplementing with EPA and DHA is usually how we'd be seen to get enough or to reap the benefits from omega-3 in the diet, unless you're someone that has oily fish every single day, for example, because that's usually how you would get enough through the diet. Like, Omega-3 has been shown to help to reduce arthritic pain, 
um, you know, to help reduce DOMS after you train. So delayed onset muscle soreness, um, reduce symptoms of depression as well. There's some research on omega-3s actually with, um, I think it's, flu- I don't even know how to say, fluoxetine, fluoxetine. Um, people who take that uh, work well with taking omega-3s alongside it. It's like acts as like a stacking supplement. Um, it helps to reduce inflammation and helps to reduce total triglycerides. And like if people have increased triglycerides, they're more likely to have, you know, heart disease, stroke and things like that. So it is really beneficial to take. And because it is so hard to get in the diet, you might, you know, people will be like, oh, but I'm taking loads of, um, you know, flax seeds and nuts and seeds and putting them all on, on my food, my salads and my breakfast and stuff I'm like that's great. But don't think that you're getting enough omega-3 from those foods. They will be giving you omega-3 in the form of ALA which is then converted to EPA and DHA but a very small amount so a very um, inefficient way of doing it and like I said it has a low conversion rate so it doesn't even give you enough um, EPA and DHA when it's converted so that is something to keep in mind as well um, when it comes to omega-3 and things having omega-3 on the packaging I think it's a chia seeds as well would have it. And people might think that they're getting enough through foods like that. When in fact, that's really, really not enough. Like um, having a teaspoon of chia seeds over the top of your porridge isn't going to give you your omega-3 dose for the day. So just be well aware of that. Um, So I'll explain to you now what the dose of EPA and DHA that you should be having per day is if you do go for omega-3 in the form of a supplement. So if you go for omega-3 through a supplement form to get your EPA and DHA in the right dose, there's a few things you want to look at on the nutrition label. And I always say this to people um, because some people actually sent me pictures of their uh, uh, omega-3 supplement before and we were just looking at it and being like, you may as well not take this supplement because the amount of actual EPA and DHA in it is so so low like the amount of capsules you would have to take per day would probably be toxic um, compared to what uh, is needed for benefits for you to get any of the benefits so EPA and DHA should be on the back of your label you'll notice that some supplements will not have even numbers beside EPA or DHA it should be in um, milligrams so mg If it doesn't have a number beside it, I just tend to steer clear because you want to know exactly how much EPA and DHA is in it. So per serving, you should be looking at no less than 700 milligrams per serving of EPA and DHA combined. So you want to look at EPA and DHA, they'll be above and below each other. One might be, let's just say for sick one will be 400 milligrams one will be 300 milligrams per serving of one capsule so you now know that if you have one capsule you're getting 700 milligrams of epa and dha combined you want to have that three times a day to get your daily dose of omega-3 because the daily dose is between 2000 and 3000 milligrams per day so if you have 700 three times a day let's say breakfast lunch and dinner you're going to have 2,100 milligrams. That is within the guidelines. That means that you are going to be getting enough omega-3 every single day. If the serving size is two capsules and it's 700 milligrams or below, I tend not to get it because then you're talking two, four, six capsules per day 
at least just to get your daily dose. There is some supplements that, or there are some supplements that will have higher dose and less servings. Um, one of those I think is Nordic Naturals. Um, I got a similar one to this. It wasn't Nordic Naturals um, itself, but basically it comes in a liquid form as well. And you just have to have one tablespoon in the morning and that is you done. Your dose is complete for the day. You can also get it in a lemon flavor, which is much easier to take as well if you're weary about taking um, a liquid form. So I always recommend to people who will forget to take their supplements throughout the day or if they just have it there first thing in the morning and they take it, they're good. I always say go for something like that. And you can even put it into like your overnight oats if it's a lemon flavor or if it's flavored um, inside your food rather than just, you know, taking a spoon of it. So that is how I would recommend taking your omega-3. Then if you have salmon one day, then maybe don't have your omega-3 supplement because you know that you've already got a dose that day through your oily fish. So that is just something that you can keep in mind whenever you are thinking about looking at an omega-3 supplement. What is it good for? What's the dosage on the back? Um, What is the serving size? Is it one capsule? Is it two capsules? Um, Are you getting enough EPA and DHA per serving? How many of those are you going to have to take a day? Are you going to remember to take that a day? Would it be better for you to take it in liquid form? Ask yourself all these questions. So that is it. Um, I think I might leave it there. I'll go through actually before I finish, I'll just go through like some people that might want to think about taking supplements, even if they have, you know, the rest of their um, sleep, hydration, energy requirements and all that down, who might actually want to be looking at taking supplements, like who might stand out. Um, so obviously vegans I mentioned already so plant-based eaters or people on vegan diets they might struggle to get certain micronutrients into their diet um, or they might be poorly absorbed the form that they're getting so some examples of supplements that you might want to look into or maybe you can keep an eye out for these if you do get a blood test taken would be things like iron vitamin a calcium and v vitamins especially vitamin b12 which we usually get through animal products so It's unlikely that vegans will also get enough uh, EPA and DHA, like I just mentioned. Um, So you can supplement this because they can't supplement with um, all EPA and DHA or omega-3 supplements. So they'll have to get an algae-based product. Um, So you can just search for that if you're a vegan looking for omega-3 supplement. Because remember, ALA or the omega-3 you get through nuts, seeds and flax and things like that, is really inefficient and poorly converted to EPA and DHA. So if you're a vegan, you want to look for an algae version of um, your omega-3. People that are on really restrictive diets as well, like so if you're someone that's lactose intolerant, like you can't have dairy products. So you might struggle to get enough calcium in your diet. Or like I said, you might struggle to get vitamin D in your diet as well. So that's two things you can be kind of on the lookout for. If you do decide to go get a blood test taken, you can even just mention it to your GP that that's kind of your diet. Like, should you be looking out for anything? Um, Then you have people that are, you know, training for performance. So they just want to maximize their athletic performance. So they are people that have everything else down to a T. They are controlling their... um, training they're controlling their stressors outside of training they're you know getting enough sleep they're recovering well they're hydrating well so now they just want something that might give them that little edge 
something legal, of course. <laughs> so a supplement that might just give them that extra one to two percent, um, which matters in terms of an athlete. Now that might be in the form of ergogenic aids, and that's what I'm going to talk about in part two whenever I do that. Because as you can see, you could go on all day about supplements. So that is another, you know, group of people that might want to look at taking supplements but the type of supplement they would take would be classed as an ergogenic aid. So things like caffeine and creatine and things like that. So we'll be talking about that again. Um, who else? So then like people who are from low income families or um, low income households or those who just have a low budget when it comes to their food budget, they may benefit from uh, supplements. So things like omega-3, it might be cheaper to get a good omega-3 supplement than it would um to make sense to get a uh, oily fish every single day if you're living somewhere that that is really expensive. So like that is another way that you want to look at the benefits of supplements. And it's not all about uh you know performance or how you look or whatever. Sometimes how is someone going to get this into their diet without just not being able to get it at all. So people from, you know, or who have a low budget when it comes to their food might look at omega-3 and a protein powder as well because protein powder can be very cost effective. Obviously, this is down to circumstances and, you know, if money is an issue, but it's just something to think about as well. Um, like I mentioned already, people that don't live in close to the equator or, you know, around sunlight, even if you do, you find that people are deficient in vitamin D anyway. So uh, winter months for people in the UK and Ireland is usually vitamin D supplementing time. And that is just something to keep in mind if you find that, because vitamin D is associated with your immune system as well. So if you find you're getting sick a lot in the winter months, you probably want to get your vitamin D checked uh, as well. People who take antibiotics. Um, so we'll talk about probiotics in the next one as well. But when you take antibiotics, you get then an imbalance in your digestive bacteria. So just to help with that afterwards, you can take probiotics to kind of balance that out again. And I suppose then you have like pre and postnatal um, women, you have uh, people who are due their menopause or going through their menopause, loads of different people, but that's just a few different groups of people that might have certain things that they want to look out for. So if you fall under any of them categories, at least you might be like, oh shit, I didn't realize that I might be lacking this or I might struggle to get enough of this. Maybe I should check or go get a blood test from your GP. So that's what I'll leave it at. Um, remember that supplements are just something that's added to something else um, to make it complete or to enhance it in some way. So it's not magic. It's not something, usually these food supplements aren't something that you'll notice straight away an effect from. Uh, not the ones that I've mentioned today anyway you should you like protein powder you're not going to notice overnight a difference in protein powder or if you start taking omega-3 you're not going to notice a difference straight away these are things that you want to check out first are you lacking in them or if it sounds like you're someone in one of those groups that I mentioned for sure go get checked and if you think there's something not right with whatever it is um, with your diet or lifestyle go get checked find out for yourself, find out what dose you need to be having so that you can go into a supplement shop or a health shop and know exactly the dose that you need to be having. Um, there is guidelines, of course, and always, always, if you are going to just buy a supplement from the shop without getting checked if you need it or not, um, 
always check the dosage that you need to be having or what is a safe dose because remember things can be miscommunicated like I mentioned the example of vitamin d and some things can be toxic in high doses so these are all things that you need to take into account and it is your responsibility if you're just going off your back and going to the shop and being like I'm going to start taking this so I hope that was helpful that was part one of our supplements and I will hopefully do part two for next week or might break it up and do a different one and then do part two as always if you have anything that you would like me to discuss or something that you're quite interested in or you'd like to learn more about let me know I'll see if I can do a podcast on it if it's something within my area of course I will um but in the meantime again thank you so much for everyone that's sharing the podcast putting it on their Instagram really building up traction now which is good and if you would Go even a little step further now and write a little review since you may have listened to up to three of the podcasts. Please go write a little review for me on iTunes and that will help get the podcast seen by more and more people. So that's it for today. Sorry for being a little bit longer now. We're close to the 40 minute mark now. So I will see you again or speak to you again next week. Bye.